welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. We've got a fantastic topic of the show for you as well as some talk about some spoopy movies, uh, you know, as it's almost Halloween. Uh, we're also going to dive into Unmetal, my initial impressions of Deathloop, and some JRPGs. All of that and your regularly scheduled picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Underrated My Ass, Martin and Austin, define rough Jim Stevens. How is it going today, fellows? I'm here. great. I love your names. Oh, yeah? Well, now I don't. Gonna, are you going to define what a rough gem is or what? You know what a rough gem is. You, you, yeah. You, you're the whole guy. You're the, you're the guy this week, man. No idea. Go fuck yourself. I have no fucking clue what the two of you were talking about. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you liked them, Dylan. I, I put a little bit of thought into them. No, I didn't. You did great. No, I, I just like that. I know what you were trying to say with mine, but when you read it, it's like I, Dylan, underrated your Josh's ass, and that's what made it so special to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, I don't think that that's possible because uh, oh, yeah. it seems like every episode, <laughs> you motherfuckers are like, man, I just want to oh, like, like bounce Josh's a quarter head. off that shit. <laughs> I mean, you're the one walking around so juicy, bro. It, it's not our fault. I, I know. It's my mom's fault. I got her fucking yeah. ass. <laughs> well, then take it up from her. I am. I'm going to be like, Mom, how, how fucking dare you give me... <laughs> A gigantic ass. Calls her on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, That'd be great. Well, um, yeah. Well, stuff and things. Uh, I want to start with uh, Dylan because. Oh, okay. (laughs) uh, Dylan's like, wait, wait, wait. The thing that. The thing that I want to talk about, I think we're going to talk about for. not a long time, but definitely a considerable amount of time. And Austin also happened to have uh, watched it. So uh, take us away. Tell us what vacation starting even means. Uh, my vacation is starting. <laughs> All right, moving uh, on. Yep. <laughs> are you um, going anywhere this time or are you just going to sit at home? So uh, I got to finish out this week of work and then Saturday is technically the first day. But... Um, from Saturday till next Friday, we're just going to do a lot of like hikes and stuff around here. Well, Mm. when I say around here and like a tri-state area, like we'll go Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, stuff like that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm just, I need to get this in before the fourth quarter. I know it's already started, but you know, it gets even worse at this point. So I need one more, uh, one more mini vacation. So we're just going to do a lot of stuff around here. I got a friend spending the night on uh, Monday and then we're going to wake up early and just go Tuesday morning, like two and a half hours away to one of my favorite places on earth. And then just uh, spend the day out there. It's going to be nice. And also oh, yeah. I got to say uh, thank you to Tani 
because last week when we were talking about the whole Marvel thing, he actually took the time and he compiled me a fucking massive list uh, of just different comics to read on the Marvel Unlimited app. And I can't wait because I just finished Craven's Last Hunt and it was, dude, it was fucking spectacular. Like I, I didn't see it coming. I think this would, I, because really I hadn't dabbled too much into comics before, but having that be my starting point, it, it hooked me. Like I, I'm, I'm in it to win it now. Like that subscription will be getting renewed uh, consistently. And I'm just going to start with one of Tawny's choices. I don't know what it is yet. Um, and then today I just saw that uh, there's a brand new comic that came out. So I added that to my list to read as well. I think it has to do, it's called uh, Sinister Wars or something. It's another Spider-Man comic. So mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. Really digging it. App's worth it. I still recommend it. It's probably my pick of the week. Nice. Very oh, yeah. cool. Um, well, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're enjoying, um, comics. I I wish that I could, uh, do the same, but, uh, I can't, I can't, so I won't. Um, you think it'd be more accessible to you if you try the app, like sit there, take a poop, read a comic. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, so I own comiXology. Like I, I pay for it every month. I just never sit down and read. Um, I just need to make time for it. Uh, and it's, when you're pooping is the best time. So oh, okay. I will, I will keep that in mind. Uh, for next time you're pooping, just think of what I said. Okay. Whip out the phone. The phone's already out. I know. I know you take your phone in there anyway, so I might as well just open it up. Who doesn't at this point? How do you know what I do in my Because bathroom? who doesn't? <laughs> You're I right. Know. You're right. Um, yep, yep, yep. Uh, okay, well, with that said, Austin, you've been watching some spoopy movies? Yeah, <clears throat> lots of spoopy movies. Um, Madison is never usually in, like, in the mood to watch a horror movie, like even during Halloween, because she just doesn't do well with spooky stuff. But she, she hit me up. uh, Well, we watched uh, fucking Halloween kills on Friday uh, when it came out. And then we got home Saturday and she was like, do you, do you want to watch another horror movie? And I was like, hold on, what's happening? You, you don't ever do that. And she was like, well, I think that now that I'm medicated, I can fucking handle them. So now we can watch them. I was like, oh, okay. That makes fucking sense. I just never expected that. She's a fucking like goth queen. And to find out horror is not her stick is kind of, it's a little surprising. Well, she had a, um, uh, it, she explained it to me. It was something to do with her ADHD. Like there was like a, an almost like paranoia kind of thing attached to all of her, uh, issues. That's, that's a mean way to say that it. sounds like a promise. I, I mean, mean it as mean as it sounded. It sounds like a like a 4D experience to me. Like it just adds to the whole movie thing. Like, hey, give me some paranoia with my horror trip, dude. <laughs> but like, uh, like we we like we'd watched horror movies before, and like she would stay up for like three straight nights, just like not being able to sleep. Um, but now that she takes medication for her ADHD, it doesn't really seem to be an issue. Um, so we watched. Uh, I think Friday night we watched Halloween Kills. Saturday night we watched. Uh, Freddy versus Jason, because I hadn't seen that movie in fucking years, and I was like, fuck it, why not? Okay, I thought you were going to say ever. No, I've, no, I've seen it millions of fucking times. I just okay. haven't watched it in a hot minute. Um, 
And then I think Sunday we watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street, which I have actually never seen until that night. Whoa. Yeah. What would you think? I liked it. Okay. I liked it a lot. I mean, it's like it's dated like every other movie that came out in the 70s and the 80s. But that was Johnny Depp's first movie, right, Josh? Yes, sir. Ah, Mm, that's pretty first one ever. I didn't notice him at all throughout that movie, but I probably just wasn't paying attention. Oh dear, he was like the main boy, the one that I gets didn't even recognize him. What the fuck? Holy yeah. shit, that's <laughs> wild. Dylan pulled that same shit when we watched it the first time. He had no clue. I was like, "How do you not fucking know who that is?" Damn. To be fair, I was not sober while we were watching it, so maybe I don't know. I just didn't uh, put the two and two together. I mean. Yeah. Dylan has no fucking excuse. Like, <laughs> please note Caribbean that he's like not talking f- about me. By yeah, the way, yeah, yeah, You're, yeah. No, it's you. You are correct. No, shut. Mm. Um, um, wait, I love Pirates of the Caribbean. That's weird. Maybe it the is. First movie is is excellent. Yes, I think it's one of the. Never mind. Let's never go. seen any of them. Wow, the first Pirates of the Caribbean is uh, close to a perfect movie. Okay. Oh shit! Glad oh. it's not just me. <laughs> but uh um we di- we didn't get to watch one yesterday and we probably won't get to watch one tonight but monday we monday night we sat down and watched um uh the new version of it and i hated it <laughs> like the first one or the first one really okay. yeah i hated every minute of it Why? i don't i it was just I, there was just nothing like it. Like it, it didn't scare me. It didn't make me feel. Hell uneasy. nah, bro. That library just, scene still fucking haunts me. Like from that just, first I don't movie. Know. It just I didn't, do not like it. That's do, crazy. She wanted to watch the original, and I was like, no, ma'am. I I cannot handle the original. Like we we watched the trailer, and I was like, no. Mm-mm. My grandmother forced me to watch the original when I was like four years old, and it scared the shit out of me for like six months, and I can't, no, I can't do it. The fucking shower scene from the original movie? No. Mm-mm. I was scared to take a shower for like a fucking month after that. No. But I don't, like, I, it, like it wasn't a bad movie, like, necessarily, but it just, it didn't do anything for me. I just, like, I, I found myself struggling to give a shit about the movie the whole time we watched it. That's crazy, man. I like I said, that library scene will haunt me forever. I don't. We're like still, it. I, we're still probably gonna go ahead and watch the second one sometime this week because uh, it's on. Uh, if you didn't like the first, yeah, one, well, no, fucking sure as might fuck as well just like stop. <laughs> really, yeah, dude, the second one is awful. Yeah, I heard a lot of people say that. I heard a lot of people say they found it more funny than anything, and I was like, that's a weird thing to say for about a horror movie, but uh, yeah, I mean it could be classified as a comedy really really oh, Jesus it, it's i i there's one scene in particular in that movie that is like just it doesn't make any sense at all and i don't know if it was played for a joke but it made me laugh really fucking hard yeah like that's, really fucking hard everyone i know that went and saw that movie in a theater they were like yeah dude this shit wasn't even scary this shit was fucking hilarious i was yeah. like damn well, it is now. I know that I probably shouldn't watch it. Uh, she, she has been saying she wants to watch The Shining, which, um, as much as this will hurt Dylan, I have never seen The Shining. So, oh, all right, that's mm, we were doing pretty good on our friendship up until that sentence. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna watch it. 
Holy shit. Because I think it's also on HBO Max. I'm pretty sure I saw it on there the other day. So, maybe. Uh, okay. I'm not a movie guy. I'm sorry. What do you guys want from me? No, uh, I'm not a movie guy. And I, I, but I watch the classics. You can't. Yeah, there, dude, there's so many classic movies that I just haven't seen that people daily roast me for not fucking seeing. Okay. There's so many. Well, it can't be worse than The Shining, so you hit your peak for me at least anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Madison's dad still yells at me about the fact that I've never seen uh, The Godfather. Oh, okay. That was close, but it's still shi- Shining's up there. <laughs> anyway, Josh, talk about your thing. Yeah. Uh, real quick, give me your 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 uh, briefest, briefest thoughts on Halloween Kills, Austin, because I'm... Uh, spoiler alert, I'm about to tear this movie a new fucking asshole. (laughs) I saw your fucking tweet earlier in the week and I died. I was like, whatever Josh gets on his next podcast, whichever fucking one it is, he is about to rip this movie up. Oh my God. I don't know, man. Like I, I I was in it for the kills and the gore. I, I didn't really give like... When horror movies, like, you know, like any fucking movie, they they um, <clears throat> try to make some form of reference to, you know, what's actually going on in the real world and shit like that. And like you said in the Discord, of course, this movie tried to do that. But, like, my thing is when I sit down and watch a horror movie, <laughs> I'm not there for that. I don't give a fuck about that. I just want to see some gross stuff and be spooked. I don't really give a shit about anything else. Mm. Um. But yeah, it, it was a fun ride. I did there. There was one scene in fucking particular in that movie. I don't know if it was an editing mistake or if it was meant to be there or what. Um, but there's a scene in the movie where Michael's on top of a car and he like smashes the fucking windshield. And like for just a brief second, when he smashes that windshield, you could see like the fucking wrench uh, in his in, in like in his hand that he used to smash it with, but then to the very next frame, it, it's not in his hand anymore. It's not there. Oh <laughs> so I don't know if like they intentionally had him use a wrench or if that's just something they did while filming to smash the windshield and they just didn't edit it out. I don't fucking know, but it confused the shit out of me for like fifteen minutes. It's all I could think about. I kept rewinding. I was like, hold on a second. I know I'm not a fucking idiot. I love everything that's about to happen because if you can make th- that kind of call out, oh, this is going to be so good. <sighs> All right, Josh, get on your soapbox. You know what's really funny is I actually didn't even notice that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. And, I, and I've watched this movie twice. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. I, I want to start this real quick by saying that on Metacritic, this is sitting at a critic review score of 42 and a user score of 5.6. I feel like that user score is a little high, but I'm fine with it. All right. I go over here to Rotten Tomatoes. It is sitting at a 39 on the tomato meter, tomato meter. I don't know how the fuck you would say that. (laughs) The audience score is 70%. I want to know what fucking movie these people saw. <laughs> the the uh, There's a little thing that says, what to know. Audiences say, Halloween Kills doesn't do much to move the Michael Myers saga forward, but viewers looking for hardcore horror violence won't be disappointed. Oh, oh, yes, they will. Because it's a bad fucking movie. 
Okay. All right. How, how, how was the best way to, to, to say this? Um, if you like this movie, you're a fucking idiot. I, I don't know how in the fuck you could have watched this movie and gotten anything out of it. I, I like even I have grown up with horror movies and I've grown up with slasher movies and I love this shit. I love just stupid, unnecessary violence. And this movie has it in spades. It's awesome. I fucking like, I love when that stuff is happening. The problem is this movie wants to take aim at violence. It wants you to like reckon with the fact that you're watching violence. There's a whole sequence in this movie. Oh, by the way, sorry for anyone who is like, uh, even mildly interested in this is going to be spoilers like all over the fucking place. There is a scene in this movie where they, uh, there's like a whole little subplot where they're trying to take on like mob justice or whatever. And something for lack of a better term, violent happens to this mentally ill man. And you see the aftermath of it. And you see the aftermath of all of these kills that Michael makes. And the movie wants you to sit there and like ruminate on it. Okay. So you want me to like, you want me to think about like what I'm seeing on screen. Okay. The problem is that when you like think about what the movie is saying about violence, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Not only does it not make any fucking sense, but the fact that it is showing you all of these super ultra fucking violent over the top things and kind of glorifying it really puts it in direct opposition of what the fuck it's trying to say. Like, and the thing is, is like, I have heard I've heard some people say stuff like, well, you know, I just I just watch Halloween to go see Michael Myers, like kill some people like that's that's all I really care about. I totally get that. And that is 100 percent fine. I think that a vast majority of, of the sequels are basically just that there's not much to them other than you're getting to see Michael Myers fucking fuck people up. I am totally down with that. The filmmakers, however, are completely not down with that. The filmmakers in this of these last two movies are trying their absolute hardest to make us sit and think about things, social issues like political issues, all of this stuff. They are they are trying to hammer that shit home. I don't know how you could have taken anything away from this movie and also like, like try to try to level with it as just a, a good old fashioned slasher. Because the thing is, is when you go on, you watch Friday the 13th or maybe not the first Friday the 13th, but maybe like part four or, or part, almost any of the sequels, right? 
those movies don't have necessarily anything in particular to say. They're not really trying to hammer home political issues. It is completely okay to engage with those movies on its own terms because its terms are you're here to see Jason fuck people up. Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills are actively trying to get you to engage with societal and political issues while also being like, but it's just a dumb, it's just a dumb slasher movie. Like, no, that <laughs> you, you can't have it both ways. You can't like, you cannot sit and tell me that this is just good fun entertainment when you're actively promoting a, like a political message. You can't do that. I'm sorry. Like either your movie is dumb fun or you're trying to say something. And if you're trying to say something, you need to at least make it coherent. This movie tries to, okay, like, let me just lay this out for you. In this movie, there is a scene where there is like, uh, like a whole like mob justice sort of like subplot, right? And the whole thing that I personally think that it is trying to invoke is the, the, the capital insurrection. Like that's almost clear as fucking day to me that that is what it is trying to think. Uh, like tackle. Um, I have seen some articles where like the people who made the film said it was supposed to be black lives matter, but I'll get into that in just a second. All right. So this whole mob justice angle is started to try to take down Michael Myers. In this instance, Michael Myers is a stand in for Donald Trump because he incites the violence. That is what happens Like, just bar none. The entire thing with this mob is to, is because Michael killed people. In this instance, he is Donald Trump. Okay. So then, why is your mob trying to kill him if you are trying to invoke the Capitol uh, riot? Like, that means that your mob is trying to kill Donald Trump, which is not what happened. Like, what what are you trying to say here? And then if it if it's the other way around, like if it is the Black Lives Matter, like they're trying to say, what you are saying in this instance is that Michael Myers is George Floyd, and your mob is trying to kill George Floyd. What are you doing? Did you even like remotely think, like even just a little bit? about the plot that you were writing before you, or did you just sit there and say, you know what? 2018 Halloween was about trauma and it was about the me too movement. And it was about like taking down, uh, you know, political structures with a strong female cast. Okay. All right. Yeah, sure. I, I, I get you. That is, that is what that movie is about. I think it works much better as a moral, uh, or not moral, but like a, uh, like an allegory for trauma and overcoming trauma, but sure, we'll go with that. Gotcha. I understand. But if you want to make your movie about this stuff, like make it closer to 2018 where it actually makes fucking sense. Like seriously, people, I feel like this entire movie to 
my, so my, my gigantic, my huge, huge, huge fucking problem. And the reason that I have only given, uh, Halloween 2018, four out of five stars on my letterbox account is because there is this twist near the end of the movie that is just so baffling, just so absurd. It literally doesn't make any fucking sense. And that is where Michael's doctor turns out he is the one who is obsessed with Lori and he wants to get Michael and Lori together to see how Michael might react because Lori was the one who got away and it just throws the whole movie off everything up until that point. I am in, I am so on board with what's happening. The final sequence after Lori or after Michael finally gets to Lori's house is also really good. But there is a like 10 to 15 minute span of that movie where I was just like, what in the actual fuck were you guys thinking? And I feel like Halloween kills is if you just took that 10 to 15 minute little segment and just blew it out to an hour and 45 minutes. It is just full of the most baffling, just dumbass decisions after dumbass decisions, dude. It there, and, and what what really sucks, what really really fucking sucks, is that there is actually good shit in here. I can see where they could have cobbled together a passable 30 minute short film, like not even passable, like a good 30 minute short film that kind of ties what they did with 2018 to whatever the fuck it is that they're planning for Halloween ends. I can see like there is, uh, there are characters in here that are super annoyingly referred to as big John and little John. And like, I feel like they're played for humor and that's kind of fucked up because they're, uh, as far as I'm aware, they are the first like openly gay couple in a Halloween film, uh, which is, which is fucking cool. Like awesome. I'm, I'm glad that that's a thing. Um, but I feel like they are almost played for laughs because the entire time all they're doing is literally referring to one another as Big John and Little John. And what sucks about that is that's annoying. That's super fucking annoying. But when I think about them and their relationship and the way they have these little mannerisms towards another, the way that they are acted, there's this tenderness and this sweetness to their relationship that you get out from just their performances. And the whole movie has stuff like this in it. There is one sequence that's uh, about in the middle of the fucking movie uh, where Michael is chasing this one uh, girl through the woods and it's really intense and it's really well shot and acted and it's awesome. And I just, there are so many like little things here and there that just really, really work, but it's marred by this just horrific script that just 
honestly kind of spits in the face of the Halloween franchise because Halloween, even the original 1978, isn't necessarily trying to say anything. I think that you can glean some stuff from it. And uh, spoiler alert, that's actually what we're doing for Culture Bop Selects this week. And I'll have a lot to say about that. So go listen to that later. But these movies have never necessarily been about anything, really. When you get down to the to the meat of everything, not not really have they been about anything. With 2018, they started to be. And I feel like the people who made this movie and the people who like this movie really don't understand that what made Halloween 78, Halloween 2 from 81, and I, I think to a lesser extent, Halloween 3, which actually didn't have Michael Myers in it at all, what made those movies work is they built up this really, really fantastic, like, uh, spirit and, like, visual style and atmosphere that ties everything together in like these really nice, tight, eerie, creepy, sometimes outright scary packages. And this movie is never that ever. And I feel like the people who made this movie totally do not understand what Halloween is as a franchise, as a movie, and they just fucked themselves. And they fucked me as a fan. And that is almost unforgivable. I think in 10 or 15 years, this movie might get one of those weird reappraisals where people are saying, well, it's actually a, a masterpiece. It's actually like uh, a really underrated gem. And I don't think that it is. And I don't think that it should ever, ever get that kind of praise. Damn. I mean, you saved me a trip to the theater. <laughs> I apologize for basically yelling for like 10 or 15 minutes. It's Good. fine. I just imagine Alex Jones's head on your body <laughs> during all of that. Good. Good. Halloween Kills is my uh, is my Hillary Clinton. Oh, oh no. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> I enjoyed it, though. What? The movie? It was fun for what it was. Bro, don't say that. Uh, it was fun. To nah, me. But dude. I also don't like, I don't know. I like, I don't really care about movies all that much. So I don't know. I thought it was well, a fun ride and that's pretty much all it ever was. And will I ever go out of my way to watch it again? Probably not. Well, at the beginning of his monologue, Josh specifically said, if you enjoyed it, you're an idiot. So with I that know. science... Okay. <laughs> I mean, I am what I am. I I, I own it. I uh, I wear it with pride. Oh, fair enough. It's hard to be this stupid. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 
let's let's get into our main topic. <laughs> oh boy, after that glorious rant, right? I hang on, real quick. I Uh-oh. I guarantee you that there are going to be people who listen to that and just they're like, "What the fuck is he going on about?" Probably. I mean. There's like, what is this? There's 43 prior episodes of where, you know, your love of horror and specifically Halloween come into play. This is like an anthology. This is like, it's led up to this moment and so much hate just had to come out there. Like, you just got to listen to the whole uh, year-long catalog of podcasts at this point to understand the hate that you were just truly, uh, you know, channeling right there. If anything, maybe it'll give somebody who hopped on this episode a reason to go back. They're like, the fuck is this guy's fucking problem? Yeah. Yeah, so, it's true. There you go. All right. Well, uh, well, there's been talk, very stupid talk, but there has been talk, uh, including on this very program. God damn. That uh, wasn't even in the fucking outline. <laughs> Uh, that, uh, 2020, tw- 12, God, 2021, that's not how games. <laughs> We're the dumb ones. We, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm not dumb. I just can't speak or read. That's true. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, it's a sign of intelligence, but I'm not sure. Uh, possibly. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Um, I, I personally would wholeheartedly disagree on that front, but, uh, you know. Uh, we've had a ton of games and a ton of them have been quite good. I would even go so far as to say that some of them would be shoe in for game of the year in years, even like 2017, which is, uh, you know, had an outrageous amount of great games. Uh, but this year has also had some games that wouldn't nearly make a top 10 list for some people, but are fun little diamonds in the rough. Um, I kind of think that I talked about one last week with uh, Trigger Witch, uh, and I'm currently playing another. So that got us thinking, what are some uncut gems from yesteryear? Mm. And so that, listeners, is what we plan to discuss for you today. Now, uh, we decided to put some rules on this, uh, just so it's, you know, uh, we had some, like, parameters to work with. Um, and we decided to not go with anything too recent uh, and because of that, we have pushed our underlooked games to be from the 360 PS3 Wii generation or before. Uh, so basically, I, I not this is kind of like a, a fast and loose sort of interpretation, but basically games before 2013, when the Xbox One and PS4 were released, don't really... Um, no, wait, not from before. Games after 2013. I, I messed that up. Uh, they don't really count. Uh, but um, we also decided we would only bring two games apiece to this list so that we could talk about them in a more in-depth way and allow us to revisit this topic from time to time with no... Oh, wait, hang on. Wait, I don't know how to read. Goddamn. From time to time with more games to drop on you. There we go. Uh, so with that out of the way, let's get started. Uh, Austin, you don't have any, anything on here and this was your idea. So you get to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I typed everything down in my notes and then I saw that we were, you know, adding them to the outline and I was like, 
yeah, I could do that, but I've already typed all this information over here, so I'm just going to leave it where it's at. So maybe okay. next time bring up the Docs app on your phone and just do it there. Hey, Dylan? Hey. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I tried. Okay. You did try. Um. So have either of you ever heard of a old anime that ran on Toonami in the early 2000s? called zoids yeah uh, yeah i do remember zoids that is my first pick uh it was uh i i wrote i actually typed in the wrong fucking game that's weird um but uh it was zoids legacy for the game boy advance or legends i can't remember which one it is i'll have to look that up legacy um, is it legacy now yeah, i'm gonna I'm have looking to at it look. i'm literally looking at it <laughs> okay all right thanks i didn't hear you <laughs> um <clears throat> so Zoid's Legacy was kind of like uh it it was kind of like the Zoids franchise spin on a Pokemon style gameplay where it was a turn-based RPG. Uh essentially the story and setting for this game were uh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> that was for Tani. <sighs> there you go, Tani. You got What your- does that mean? You said that last time. <laughs> I was just going to let it go it, until you eventually it explained it. What? Okay, anyway, Zoids Legends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the story and setting for this game is is just pretty much a bullshit story and a bullshit setting to have all these characters in one fucking game. Essentially, some big accident happens, and the timelines of every Zoids anime are merged into this one fucking story and this one fucking setting. Um, but... From what I remember, it's been probably, I think the last time I played this game was, I was in high school. So, well, probably 2015 was the last time I I put a playthrough on this. So I don't remember the story all too well, but I, even as in 17, 18 year old, I still remember the story being actually. You were in high school in 2015? Yeah. uh, 2015 was the year I was supposed to graduate. Are you supposed to graduate? (laughs) Yeah, I dropped out. I knew I was going to drop out from the time I was fucking 15, but I was like, oh, I guess I'll just keep going. With you waited to your senior year? I, I wasn't a senior. Uh, <laughs> I was I was a freshman twice and a sophomore twice. Oh, this is why you liked Halloween Kills. It explains so much. Yeah, it's because I'm a fucking idiot, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> damn okay, it. I'm sorry. I just, that hit me because... 20, that's six years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy to think about. All right. Yeah, I'm a baby. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the you are here. I, I think I'm also the youngest person in the Discord, from what I can fucking tell. Uh, hopefully, which is weird, but whatever. Um, any any fucking way. Uh, y- yeah. This was essentially Zoid's crack at Pokemon. It had random encounters. It had you know the fucking um, uh, similar traversal styles to Pokemon. It was pretty much just Pokemon with a Zoid's fucking skin over it. Um, all th- all the Zoids that you could obtain were completely customizable as far as weapons and colors, with the exception of, like, the more, I guess, harder-to-find ones. I don't really remember too much of those. Um, but I fucking adore this game from what I remember. I was actually, before I came up, I suggested the idea for this topic. I was actually thinking about this game last week. I'm like, hmm. I should give that game another fucking playthrough. 
But then I remembered why I didn't finish my playthrough all the way through in 2015. And I kind of... Part of me feels like that's the re like this game is filled with fucking bugs that they that for some reason are not present in the Japanese version, but are only present in the localized versions. It's fucking riddled with them. And I remember the specific bug is a very big one that a lot of people had issues with where the very last area of the game that you could go to it had a force field around it, so so you couldn't access it too early and just get fucking get party wiped in two seconds. Um, but for some fucking reason, in the localized version, that force field will randomly come back up at any given fucking moment. So if you're in there and you save, and that force field comes back up, you're fucked because it will not go back down. The only thing you can do is start your entire game over from scratch. And that's what I had to do in my last fucking playthrough. Um, there, there was all, there's also some bugs with multiplayer where they tried to have like uh, almost like the Pokemon multiplayer, but it just it was so bugged that it was borderline unplayable. Um, and it had a lot of translation issues for whatever fucking reason. There, were, like, there was one female character that is referred to as he and him the entire fucking game, when it is very clearly a semi-attractive animated woman. <laughs> um, but even with all those bugs aside, I, I still have super, super fucking fond memories of this game. Uh, part of me likes to think it's the bugs that made this game fall into obscurity. And then I remember it's a Zoids title. So that's why it fell into obscurity because the entire fucking franchise did. Um, I know it's never going to happen, but this, this is one of those games where, I would buy day one if it got a fucking remaster and had all these fucking issues fixed, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, all right. <clears throat> um, probably nothing I would ever play, but yeah, I really didn't expect that. I mean, I will say that I, I don't know what I expected from you, but it was not that really. Yeah. I, uh, well, my second one will probably throw you off even more. That's awesome. I, is it anime based? Uh, yes. I, technically, no. I mean, it is I Japanese. <laughs> so I don't think so. I I definitely wouldn't call it that. Mm, okay, Josh, am I next or are you next? Yeah, go ahead. Give us your first. <sighs> My first is fr they're both from the Xbox 360 days, but um, Dante's Inferno. I think it's a game that I've touched on before on the podcast of just how much I loved it, but I don't really think I got a lot of appreciation. Um, at least in my opinion, but it's, uh, Josh, you played it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's a really good game. It's a, it's a action adventure hack and slash game. And it was, um, developed by visceral games. And it's, it's a lot of fun because it, it loosely follows, uh, the divine comedy and, um, you, plays Dante and you're essentially making your way through the circles of hell to get to your beloved Beatrice. And it's super fun, man. I, I love the individual um, characteristics of each of the levels of hell you can go through. I think it's um, limbo, lust, you know, gluttony, all that shit, uh, eventually leading all the way to treachery and then fighting Lucifer. But this game had some really cool boss fights and it had some really fucked up boss fights. I will never forget I think it was, yeah, it was definitely the lust circle of hell. You had to fight Cleopatra, I think, if that's who it was. And there's literal 
babies crawling out of her tits. And that's a little Fuck. fucking weird. Um, do you remember that, Josh? I hope you do. Yeah, no, I remember that. I don't. I don't remember that being Cleopatra. Though. Who was it? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Dante's Inferno boss. Lust boss. Oh God. <laughs> I need to make sure I Google the right shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it is Cleopatra, but I don't remember her being called that. That's weird. It, I just remember. It, oh, the Queen of Lust. That's what I remembered. But yeah, I guess oh, okay. it is Cleopatra. Yeah, um, the babies crawling out of her fucking nipples was uh, was so weird. It was really fucking weird, man. But I mean, it was just a unique boss fight, and that's something I think the game did really well, leading all the way up to Lucifer and his giant swinging dick. You remember that one too? Yeah. What Jesus, the dude? Fuck is going on with this game, <laughs> dude? If you've never played it, especially since you have. Now. It's on PS3, right? Because uh, yeah. you just bought a yeah. PS3, so I would totally pick it up. It's a fun, it's a fun thing, man. There's a lot of, is it? Even, yeah, it's there's different routes you can take. Like you can kill enemies throughout the game, and you can absolve them, or I forget what the other one was called. I guess just kill them, maybe punish something like that. Um, there's a lot of choices you can make. There's a lot of interesting mechanics. Um, there's some platforming that goes on, but it's. It's really unique, and I like that it follows the Divine Comedy in some way. It do, it's not, you know, exact, obviously, from what I just said, but um, it's just a good time. And I think uh, more people, there's always that part of me that wants the sequel because it did end uh, on a semi-cliffhanger, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always want them to say, hey, this is the second part. Obviously, I want to remaster. I just don't think... Because, you know, it's kind of what the whole episode of the podcast is about. I think it was underappreciated and uh, underrepresented, maybe. And I don't think we'll ever see it being like a continuation of the franchise. But I, I loved it, man. And it it was really weird. <laughs> it was really fucking weird. But it was it was a good time. It's like $10 on eBay. So fuck it. Sure. Yeah. Give yeah. It, it should That's, be backwards compatible on... Um, I don't know if it's on Game Pass, but through the the EA mm-hmm. EA Play or oh, whatever yeah. it's called, so Ooh. you should be able to play on a uh, on Xbox. That was one of the games that I remember getting the full thousand gamer score out of uh, back in the day. Before you know, they added the DLC and made it twelve fifty. I never did that, but I spent a lot of time with it. It was really fun. A lot of collectibles in the game and stuff like that. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's on Steam. I think it's the best uh, God of War game that's not uh, God of War twenty eighteen. Yep. <clears throat> That's not saying much though, because I don't really like God of War. <laughs> oh boy! How dare you. I know I get shit for it all the fucking time. Um, yeah. Well, that's a good pick, man. I I do think that Dante's Inferno is kind of underrated. Like, uh, yeah, they did, they did do a um uh, an animated movie. Yep. I think they did. Uh, it was pretty good. Oh, okay. I, I've never I, seen it. I remember yeah. seeing like the DVD or something, but. No, that was pretty cool, man. And uh, just because I know you'll appreciate it, when we were doing three of my third pick and I had a hard time choosing, it was Lost Odyssey from the 360 oh, as well. Yeah, Lost Odyssey. Yeah, I just I just wanted you to know that. It was there. I think about it a lot. Lost <laughs> Odyssey. That's a good one. Well, if, yeah. we, uh, if we revisit this topic, you can talk about it. Uh, I will, because that's another one I think I would love a remaster of or just to have a continuation of. Oh, yeah, for... for for fucking sure. Um, cool. 
well, yeah, Dante's Inferno. That's a great choice. Um, my two, I I kind of technically went three, technically, but my second choice I'll talk about uh, when it comes back around to me. I feel like it would be hard for me to talk about one and not the other because it is a series and they only had the two games. Or, well, technically they had like three or four, but like one was on Game Gear and the other one was like a mobile game. So like games I never played. Um, but the uh, the first one that I want to talk about, I'm relatively positive. I've talked about on the show before, uh, at least in passing. Um, and that is Vagrant Story. Um, so Vagrant Story was this little, uh, you know, kind of, to be honest with you, I don't know what exactly the typical, like, genre you would call it would be, because it, it mixes a bunch of different things, but I've always referred to it as an RPG, um, or a JRPG, because it came from Squaresoft at the time, um, and it's actually, uh, it was directed and developed, like, or designed by, uh, the, um, the guy who was the, uh, the team lead on Final Fantasy Tactics, I believe. Um, if he wasn't, he was like high up. Um, anyway, so Vagrant Story tells this story of this guy named Ashley Riot, um, who is this sort of like elite agent who is traveling to this city and the, the, um, the whole like premise is that he is sent to like uh, investigate this link between uh, occults and this member of uh, parliament. Uh, I, f- I forget his name, but I think he's like a duke or like an archduke or something like that. And the very beginning of the game, you actually are blamed for murdering the duke. And then the game kind of rewinds back to a week before those events happen. Um, And I think this game is really, really fucking awesome and kind of doesn't get nearly as much like talk as other games that came out in the era uh, because I feel like this was one of those games that I, I, I don't know if it necessarily sold well, even though it reviewed pretty well. Um, and the thing about it is like, it had a number of like really cool things that other games at the time just weren't doing, especially RPGs. So like you'd think of like RPGs of this era as being this sort of like turn-based thing. And uh, they were like, they were turn-based, but uh, like this one has like, it's, it's a weird thing because like, it's, it's almost, it's very similar to Parasite Eve's combat, wherein like you have free movement and you can move around within the battle arenas, but like, you would like pause when you would go to take your action. So like, uh, in, in instance for parasite Eve, even though you have a gun, like you would, 
you would pause and like you would get to show where you're going to fire either your ability or your gun or, or what have you. It was very, very similar here where you'd run around within the, within the given battle arena and you would um, like be able to kind of like pause before you uh, get to do your attacks or whatever. But the thing is that, even within that system, there was like a, uh, like sort of like a rudimentary, like targeting system with this thing called, uh, I want to say it was called chain abilities. And I could totally be wrong with that, but basically you would target individual body parts and like that's how you could chain together attacks to knock off like the most amount of uh, like hit points and it just is really a awesome like it sounds like it doesn't work but like when you're playing it it works it totally fucking works and it's it's awesome um but on top of that it, it has like a a weird thing where like you actually never go to any sort of like shops or like, uh, like you know how, like in like, um, final fantasy you would have like little hotels or tents or campsites or whatever, where you would like pause and rest up and like save and, and what have. And this game never had that. All of your stuff was crafted and like, that's super unlike the rest of like RPGs at the time, because at RPGs at the time, like you bought everything that you would need, but like this was like, I'm going to create this weapon and I'm going to customize it to take advantage of certain weaknesses within these types of enemies and, and stuff like that. And like, I just, I really feel like it was really ahead of its time on like a gameplay level. And like, there are other things in there too. Like, uh, especially when you consider like stuff like, uh, again, I mean, I got to go back to final fantasy on this, but like in final fantasy, the maps would, you would just kind of like move through and there weren't many puzzles, but like this one had like puzzles where you would have to like, uh, like move these blocks around in order to get where you needed to go or like, there was like a, I think if you went back through an area after solving a puzzle, there was some sort of like weird time attack mode. I like, there were all these really weird and awesome little elements to the gameplay itself that I just felt like were like really cool and fun. And I've never really seen them utilized in quite the same way. Um, and that, that even really kind of goes back to like the, the characters in the story in this, like I, for the time, I don't really know that like RPGs were telling as adult of stories as this. Like I know that like final fantasy seven has a lot to deal with, like thematically, including like death and life and stuff like that. But like the actual plot of final fantasy seven is like anime bullshit, right? Like it just it doesn't kind of make a whole lot of sense. Um, and I, I feel like this was one of those games that like it, it's very deep and very like adult and it just didn't, it, it was different. 
was very, very different. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think this game's really good, and I, I think it deserves uh, another look. I, I think it deserves one of those reappraisals that, like, actually, this was the best RPG of the PS1 type thing. I don't think it is, but, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it deserves that. It deserves people remembering it super fondly and it does i think it deserves like a remake or or at least like some sort of like re-release on like modern hardware yeah but i remember you talking about this semi recently and i remember specifically looking at it because the name sounded familiar and then i saw the cover of the game and i'm like oh yeah i remember that like that's one of those things um it just stood out from my childhood and never played it, but I definitely recognize it from the days of going into like a game store and it was there on the shelf or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I actually picked this up, uh, at, a I, th- I, th- I want to say it was a blockbuster. Yeah. I said game store. I definitely didn't mean that. I always got games from blockbuster, mm-hmm. but, uh, no, I definitely meant blockbuster. Yeah. But it's a good game. People should check it out. Hell yeah. Austin, what's your next one? <clears throat> All right. So I had three down because I originally, uh, for whatever reason, I thought we were doing three before we had decided two. So whatever. And I just really decided which one I was going to talk about in probably the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> you two probably have heard of this game, I would imagine, especially Dylan. But uh at the time this game came out and i was fucking playing it i didn't know anybody else that fucking played this game none of my friends that fucking played video games touched it most of my friends now have still never even fucking heard of this game and it drives me insane but that was transformers war for cybertron oh yeah i think this game is super super fucking underrated because i never hear anybody fucking talk about this game ever what was that the multiplayer one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, dude. I never hear a single fucking person talk about this game, and it is so upsetting. Because, like, I'm... I wouldn't call myself, like, a super crazy fan, but, like, I'm I'm a moderately huge Transformers fan. I always fucking have been, ever since I was probably four or five. And to this day, Transformers War for Cybertron is still my favorite piece of Transformers media. I absolutely fucking fawn over this game. Have you? T- um, I, the reason I'm about to ask is because I may have an existential crisis if you say no. But haven't we also talked about this game before, specifically by you on this podcast? Yes. Oh, I, th- thank I think Christ. when we did the when we did the the remake, remaster, and port episode, I think that is what I thought it was, and I'm just making sure because this was really eerily similar to how that yeah. went. So go ahead. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know about this game, unfortunately, um, it was a third person shooter with gameplay most similar to what I, what I would think of, uh, probably Gears of War. Oh yeah. That's yes, definitely. Um, uh, it's entirely fucking Cybertron based, which for whatever reason are always my favorite transformer stories. Um, and the fucking design like the fucking character designs in this game dude like they like they're more modernized or in quote-unquote cybertronian versions of the generation one designs and i fucking loved every second of it um the voice cast was fucking incredible you had peter cullen doing his iconic fucking optimus prime voice 
And then you had a bunch of other great fucking voice actors like Johnny Young Bosch playing fucking Bumblebee, which I, every time I go back and play this game, I, I played it like I think the last time I played it was uh, probably around this time last year. And uh, it it always fucking killed me hearing Bumblebee like give all these Autobots orders and these Autobots are like four or five times the fucking size that he is. But he was always so fucking stern with them. I loved it. But um, where was I at? Because I wrote all this down, and now I don't know where I'm at. Um, <clears throat> the story was essentially it. It, uh, it was split into two parts. You played this. You uh, you could play them in any order, but if you wanted to play them how the events actually happened, uh, you would play the Decepticons first, which was essentially Megatron's rise to power. Um, it kind of shows how the Decepticons got as big as they did. It shows uh, when he recruited Starscream, and there was a name for the group that Starscream was originally a part of, and I can't for the fucking life of me remember what it was. But it shows Megatron recruiting all them and uh, kind of his rise to what he wanted to do, and then the Autobot side was mostly just... Optimus trying to fight back the Decepticons as hard as he could and evacuate Cybertron and just get everybody fucking away from whatever the fuck Megatron was trying to do. Uh, Seekers. Huh? Seekers. Oh, is that what the group was? Yeah. Thank you. I knew it too, and now you were bothering me. Yeah. (laughs) Sabrina would have just killed me. Sabrina loves Transformers. Really? Yeah, so she's all in on your idea already. Transformers is so good. Such a good franchise. Except the movies. They're not that great. Whoa. All right. Continue. Anyway. The first one's dope. All the other ones that followed, not so fucking much. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this, I was also reminded of this fucking today when I looked it up. This game had a fucking DS port, and I had no idea about that. And apparently it was split into two versions, which is fucking weird. I did genuinely didn't know that they ever did that. Um. But and the reason why I brought up the voice cast and how good the voice cast was, was it really kind of helped set the tone for especially Optimus, how Optimus was feeling during all of this, because like this whole situation was pretty harrowing for him. Um, There is a tie in comic that goes along with this game that I believe for some fucking reason was an exclusive to Kmart. I'm not too sure what that shit was about. Um, I've got the comics somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but it has a little Kmart exclusive in the fucking bottom right-hand corner. Um, and that whole comic was basically talking about how at one point Optimus and Megatron were like brothers in fucking arms. And so when you get to the events of the game, it's pretty fucking harrowing for, for Optimus Prime to just kind of sit there and realize that somebody who he once thought of as his brother is now essentially the reason why everything around him is fucking falling apart. And, um, yeah, this is just a so fucking good dude. I, 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 I'm need to move on. Cause I'm just going to keep fawning over how much I love this fucking game. But if you have access to a 360 or PS3, please go fucking play this. It's super cheap. Now I think you can get it for like 10 bucks on fucking eBay. If you look hard enough, it's so worth it. It's so good. Yeah. Sabrina's going to listen to this and immediately be like, he had the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever played it dylan uh it was dude it was so long ago maybe but it wasn't for long i know that i love transformers but i i don't think i really ever dabbled in the games i i don't they did two sequels and i don't remember liking the sequels as much 
as the first one, but the this one was just fantastic. <clears throat> yeah. Well, all right. Uh, that is another good choice because uh, that game's real good. You have a theme with yours. It's all robot shit. Is it? Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, damn. I didn't know. If that. you had a third pick, was it something Gundam related? Uh, no, my third pick was actually Blinks the Time Sweeper 2. Oh, sweet. Okay. I respect that. Great game. Um, so break out your fursonas, boys, because my next choice is Dust and Elysian Tale. Have either of you played or heard of it? I've never even heard of that. I've heard of it, never played it. Okay. So the reason I said the thing about the fursonas is because it it's like in a world of anthropomorphic animals, essentially. It, it's not the creepy shit, probably. Um, but it's <laughs> probably. really Yeah, I don't know. Um, it came out on the 360 back, I think it was during one of the Summer of Arcade uh, things they did. I could be wrong. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, but it's essentially an action RPG, and it's like in a like a 2D environment. But it's a very, very beautiful game. It kind of reminds me of Ori in a way, but it's just on another level. It's really cinematic and I uh, love the art style to it. And it has an absolutely beautiful story. I mean, it captivated me from the moment it first started to like a really somber ending. I, I loved every bit of it. I love the characters. I love the humor that it brings. Um, and it's something that doesn't need to be remade or remastered because you can get it on, I think almost anything, if I'm not mistaken, especially Steam, and you can run it, and it looks beautiful even in today's standards. So I'm not going to give too much um, information about it because I think it's a good opportunity for people to go and try it. Um, it has fantastic combat, tons of great abilities you can upgrade and um, kind of delve into. And like I said, it's from the moment it starts to the moment it ends, it, it gives me Ori vibes, but with a just absolutely incredible story. Um, and just check it out. I mean... I don't want to say too much because I feel like people actually have an opportunity to go back and play this one, whereas it might be harder, you know, not necessarily for Dante's Inferno, but like Vagrant Story or Zoids. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this is something you can actually get right now and give it a shot. And it's still worth it. I mean, tons of fun. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the releases right now. Uh, Xbox Live, uh, Windows, Linux, and... um, Mac OS, PlayStation 4, iOS, and Nintendo Switch. It's available on, yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah, and I I do remember seeing it on the Switch. I'm sure, I think I have it on PC and Xbox, but that was it. Okay. But definitely worth it, man. Like, if you can get past the whole anthropomorphic shit, it's really good. And it's not in a, it kind of reminds you of like a, kind of like a Disney thing in a way. Yeah, I'm looking it, it at looks, screenshots, and it does feel very Disney-esque. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, like... It looks cool. It looks fun, though. It The story is so unbelievably captivating that I I was emotional by the end of it. Okay. it was, And it's a single dev, by the way. Uh, I think it's uh, Humble Hearts that did it, and it's only a single guy behind it, if I'm Holy not mistaken. shit. The physical for that game for Nintendo Switch goes for like $300. Holy fuck. Yeah, it had a limited release, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a limited run did a print of it. 
Yeah. Holy so. shit, that's fucking nuts. The, so uh, there you go. The main character is actually voiced by a dude who does a bunch of uh, anime. Oh, okay. What, what's his name? Uh, Lucian Dodge. I want... I feel like I want to make myself think it sounds familiar, but I really don't know. Uh, I I was looking through um, just to see like what else he did because I was on the uh, the Wikipedia page for the game. Uh, yeah. He was in oh he's Akatsa in Demon Slayer. He is mm. oh Iron Blooded oh, Orphans. Uh, he's uh, a yeah, he Shino. Yeah, Machino. You guys are saying a lot of things. <laughs> apparently, he voiced uh Apparently, he voiced Amuro Ray at one point. That's pretty cool. Damn. Oh, uh, Pokemon Origins. He was blue. Oh, okay. I've oh. caught up now. There you go. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I was trying to find things that you would know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking uh, of voice actors, rest in peace to Chris Ayers. Died today. I think this is last night. How you say his last name? He died two days ago, my guy. Was it two days ago? Yeah, he died on the 18th. Oh, well, I found out about it today, so he died today to me. Oh, okay. That's uh, who is... Uh, who Voice is... Uh, well, that's not all he did, but yeah. Uh, they, um, might as well have been. Oh, hey, 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 hey. He was also in It's funny because like all the posts I see of like people sharing of him, it is just Frieza. It is nobody else he's voiced. Just fucking Frieza. Oh, he was in a little game called Sense or a little anime called Sister Princess. Isn't that cute? It sounds cute. I don't like how this just <laughs> <laughs> Dylan doesn't like anime talk. Rest in peace. Yeah, anime talk is uh is a. Uh... Thing that I'm just more like we're shitting on the dude's career. Oh, wait, are you talking about the guy that played in Dust or the guy that died? The guy that died? <laughs> oh, shit. No, it did devolve then, man. I don't care I'm that it was anime talk. Career. Bro, Fact. bro, do you uh, not have conscious recollection of what you just did to that man? It is a not fact sh- that his most oh, prominent role God. that he is known for is for you. I didn't that say... Is just a fact. New York Post says case. Chris Ayers, who voiced Freeze on Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking article starts the same way. Who voiced Frieza in Dragon Dragon Ball's I English Frieza actor? I understand that the man is most famous for that, but I was I was like, that's not all he did, and also <laughs> like might as well have been because it might like, as well have been. He doesn't get noticed what? for anything else. Yeah, but he still did it, dude. <laughs> So on on uh on this there are one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, okay, Important. so there are ten links on here, and of those ten links, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of them say something about Dragon Ball Z in the headline. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he might have done other things, but I can almost guarantee his biggest paycheck came from Dragon Ball. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's unfortunate. When I die, people are going to be like, yep, that's the dude that did hunting pixels. And that's someone's going to be like, well, he did other stuff. And then someone else is going to be like, yeah, but that's the only one that mattered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But it's okay because only 10 people are going to fucking say that. I hope not. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. 
All right. Uh, we'll get to my final uh, uncut gym, as it were. Isn't that a movie? Uh, yeah. So. A great movie. Okay, you keep Adam saying Sandler. it, and it's bothering me. That's what I thought it was, and it has the good soundtrack, right? Oh, it has a great soundtrack. Okay, see, I know things. I Who stars in that movie? Adam, Adam Sandler. Mm, that's what I thought. Yeah. Real good stuff. All right. Uh, so my two uh, slash one are the Lunar games from technically they were originally the uh, Sega Saturn, but uh, they, I'm the way a that I idiot, Josh, I typed in lunar on Google and I got a fucking moon. I think you've <laughs> talked about this and I did the same shit last time, dude. I swear yep. to God. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm familiar with these games from the, the quote unquote complete versions of these games that came out on the uh, PlayStation in like 99, 2000, Somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, yeah. So these games fucking rule. Uh, that's it. We can move <laughs> on now. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so I distinctly remember picking up a uh, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue uh, on the uh, 10th birthday. No, that can't be right. Maybe it's like my 13th birthday, so somewhere in that t- neighborhood. But I had saved up enough money. I had read about it in, I want to say, Game Pro or something like that. And I just was blown away by the art style of it. Um, and I was like, I need to play these games. And I saved up enough money. I think I uh, took a couple games to like trade in or whatever. And I went to GameStop and I bought it. And this game is... Well, both of these games, but in, in specific, uh, if I have to choose one, I'm talking about the second one, are just so, so, so good. And I don't know that it necessarily comes down to the fact that they did stuff differently or unique the way that Vagrant Story did or some of the other games that I kind of like toggled uh like through thinking about what I wanted to um, like put out here for these games, but what they lack in, I would say originality, they make up for in just really, really nailing the fundamentals of what makes good 16 bit RPGs work. And in particular, I really think that the sprite work and like the like not graphics, that's the wrong word, but like the art design and like the world design are just stunning. Like they were really just really, really fucking pretty to look at. And I love that about them and the thing that i think really sold me on these games i you know i was talking about the art style before was all of the cutscenes in both of these games are done in like fully hand-drawn animated like little movies and <coughs> they are acted like voiced and acted and like drawn just so beautifully and 
it really, really just, I I think it hit me in a time where I really needed it. Like it was one of those things that I remember, like this was right around the time that the PS2 was coming out, I think. And other people were, were, you know, hopping on that and getting, uh, you know, Oni and, and the bouncer and like all, all of these games that I, I wasn't getting to enjoy at the time, but I got this little nugget of just joy, just, just straight up, just like beautiful game design in uh, almost to myself, I feel like. And yeah, I, I mean, the, the one thing that I think really stands out uh, in, in both of these games, again, specifically too, is just like this really awesome attention to detail. Like it, even with like the music, like the music, I this might be my favorite game soundtrack ever is Eternal Blue. Oh, uh, Eternal Blue soundtrack. It's so, so, so good, dude. And the thing about it is like, so like each one of these characters has their own themes, but like the themes for these characters get woven into more emotional bits in the music later on. So like when something will happen to one of them, like you'll hear little like, like motifs in the soundtrack that kind of like tell you what the characters are feeling. And it doesn't, you don't have to like have it spelled out for you. And I don't know, man, I, I, I could go on and on about how much I fucking love these games, but what it comes down to is I do love them, but I also feel like these games are crazy overlooked. Like no one really knows about them. And that's a fucking shame because these games are fucking awesome. They really are. Like these are games that I have long remembered. I mean, it's been over, I'm looking at it now. It came out in December of 2000. So it's been almost 20 years since I've played this game because I'm, I'm sure I didn't get it. Um, like at launch, I, I'm, I may have, but I'm, I'm relatively certain I didn't. Um, and yeah, like they've stayed with me for that long. Like I just, I really, really, love these games and I wish that other people knew about them and loved them as much as I did. And if they were to come back out with a third entry or a like expanded collection with both of the games packaged together or, or what have you, I would snatch them up in a fucking heartbeat. I love these games. So what's crazy to me is that you said it's been almost 20 years since you've played it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wouldn't say since I've played it, but since like I but since it you, up. so in that twenty years, for it to still have your favorite soundtrack blows my mind. Yeah, I. So the thing is, it's if it's not this, it's probably Final Fantasy VIII's soundtrack because I really like it. Right, it, it's so I understand good. that. But but yeah, like the this soundtrack, I'm telling you guys, is it's fucking wonderful. That's incredible to me. Like I want to listen to it just because of that. Uh, it's I I think it's worth your time. 
but you're worth my time. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Fuck you, Austin. I was about to say this. If I would have followed through with what I said, we would have said it at the same time. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, I don't even think it was least crazy to me. No, he's not here. Yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I just guessed. I don't know. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's it for our picks of underrated gems. And I think, I think that this is something that we can return to every now and then, not like every couple of weeks, but maybe like, you know, every couple of months we can return to this and, and throw out even more. Cause I'm sure that there are more that we're dying to talk about. Um, oh yeah. Like I said, lost odyssey was my, p- oh, Hey, you just come in like you were here the whole time. I was here the whole time. Oh, Uh-oh. sure. Um, but no, there's a, there's a ton that I need to talk about. Lost Odyssey is one, but it was a hard, it was a hard choice. Cause I just stuck with the 360 games. I could have gone even further back than that, but those are the ones that really stood out to me. And like I said, I wish we could have talked about Lost Odyssey a bit more, but next time this is a nice like series that we could do. Yeah, sure. Oh, sure. Um, did you know Sasha, Sasha Gray streams on Twitch? Yeah, I did. Yes. I don't know how I knew that, but I I did. Uh, we've talked um, about it on here before. Probably. This whole episode has been almost like borderline existential crisis for me because of the whole lunar shit that we happened. And then... Uh, <laughs> and now he's over here on Twitch watching uh, Sasha Gray stream. <laughs> right. So where I was going with that is she's currently getting her ass kicked on Sekiro, but she's on the last boss, uh, which I cannot say I ever made it that far. Yeah. I didn't Damn. either. Uh, yep. Do you want to know why I didn't? Because you did not like it. Because uh, I never played the game. Oh. 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 Yeah. You played Ghost of Tsushima. That was the sequel. <laughs> was it? Was it better than the uh, than the first one? Oh, to me it was. Oh, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, I just didn't finish it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, speaking of not finishing games. Um, let's get into yep. what we've been playing. You're not fucking wrong. <laughs> so, uh, actually, speaking of uh, finishing games, I am almost up to 16. Uh, I uh, I think I am on the second to last mission of Unmetal, um, which will put me at 16 games completed on the year. I only will have to do four more. To and then you're there. Get to twenty. To get to twenty. Man, so. Josh really took this challenge personally. I really fucking did, man. I, I, because I don't know why, but I remember distinctly saying on the podcast, "Yeah, that's not going to happen for me." And then I do remember that you guys <laughs> just straight up ran with it, and you guys were like going to do it, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, man, I can't yep. be the only one." And now I'm the only now one. You're the only one who's doing it. it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, Spyro kind of ruined my life and my chances, so I just gave up. Crazy. It's fun. We'll it's, try again next year. No, I will not. <laughs> I will. I don't know about Dylan. I will. But I will. Absolutely not. I have another plan for next year. I have an individual challenge to myself for next year. Oh, okay. Uh, but it will a, definitely fucking not be 20 games. Do you have a, a challenge that you're twirling around for all of us? Kind of, but... Okay. Uh Aren't you the one that presented the challenge last year? Yeah, mm-hmm. because I was super into the, you know, 
challenge streams and then oh uh, i set myself up for failure bruh we didn't we say also that our uh our collective thing was for us to do 20 uh streams together yeah <laughs> that was- the fuck <laughs> <up>. <laughs> not even once i don't think after that conversation uh-huh. yeah no yeah. i think we streamed together before that and then yeah have and not then it done it since again <laughs> wow it was not Incredible. good yeah. Uh, no, uh, I think we did Apex Legends after that, didn't we? That's possible. Did we? Oh, maybe. I, I, think I do remember streaming that. that. We're all okay. getting our asses kicked the whole fucking time, but... No, I wasn't. No, I think we came in like third one time. Yeah, we were doing fine. I was doing great. That was, you know... That, that is true, because I, I don't know how to do those types of games. Uh, that being said, I did just install the new update for Dead by Daylight. Will I play it? I don't know. Oh, no, we <laughs> definitely did. We streamed twice this year after our Game of the Year stuff. How, okay. Are you looking at your Twitch page? Uh, no, I'm looking at Instagram. <laughs> All right, boys, oh so it's but, almost November. We got 18 more to go. No, fuck. <laughs> actually, fuck you. <laughs> actually, fuck you. <laughs> we have to do at least one of the two. What the fuck? I we oh well, I mean I I I, I don't mind planning do for the two. I'm, well, I'm yeah, but it's just 20. you. <laughs> I will I absolutely plan for one like, more stream with you guys if you want to do that. I think I'm at like uh, I would be inclined to say I will do it next Wednesday if you guys want to stream next Wednesday. Oh, I would I would be down for that. We will uh, Dead by Daylight night. Oh man, with that Maybe. girl, that new character. I don't know what that means, but yes. Okay. Um, yeah. But that would mean no COD past. Uh, we can still make something happen. Oh, all right. Just sacrifice my time. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Unmetal. I've been playing it. I am close to being finished with it. So I've been, I feel like I've been doing really good of like, of like, uh, talking about games once I finish them. So I have like full thoughts Um, because it is totally possible that this game is going to completely take a nosedive at the end. I don't think (laughs) it will, but it's possible. Um, So I, so I've been trying desperately to not do that. I did it last week with Sable also, uh, which I finally finished after the podcast. Um, But yeah, so Unmetal is a game by uh what was his name i just looked it up uh fuck uh fran fran something shit doesn't matter anyway so it's a one person guy uh yeah yeah that yeah one person guy i would hope so um but a a one person developer and he has made two games before this one called ghost 1.0 and uh an epic and both of those games, from what I understand, because I have not played either of them, uh, are kind of like takedowns, well, maybe not takedowns, but like satires of, of the genre that they replicate. Um, and I could have that totally wrong, but um, yeah, so this is in the same vein as those, except uh, this is very much a game that is poking fun of metal gear solid and i love this game um 
this is another one like Trigger Witch that I actually, I don't know that it's going to make my top 10, uh, but it is one of these games that I just, I need to be playing right now. This is one of the games that like, it's scratching an itch that I didn't know I had. Um, but basically what it is, is, uh, it's a, for lack of a better term, Metal Gear Solid game that is, uh, in the same, like, sort of top-down stealth thing that, like, the original MSX games were. Um, and the thing that differentiates it is that it's kind of a parody. So, it takes all of those tropes and kind of chews them up and spits them out and like says, ha ha, fuck you. But also doesn't necessarily say fuck you. Cause it's very like a loving tribute to metal gear solid and the sort of like goofiness that I don't think a lot of people talk about when they talk about metal gear because those games are really self-serious. Like they're really self-serious. And when you take a look at what's actually happening in them, it's kind of fucking funny. Like there's a character in Metal Gear Solid 2 called the fat man. And it's this dude in a big ass, like, like, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but you, you, have you ever seen, um, have either of you ever seen the best picture winner of 2011 or 2010? Uh, fuck the hurt locker. Have you guys ever seen it? I mean, I've heard of it, but I've really never seen it. Okay. Well, have you ever got, have you guys ever seen like the, the dudes who get out in like the big ass, like blast vest who like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the fat man in Metal Gear Solid 2 is a guy who is decked out in that, but rolls around on uh, rollerblades. What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That is a real thing that happens in that game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it or, came out in 2008. Uh, really? That doesn't seem right. It has Jeremy Renner in it, right? Yeah, it has Jeremy Renner. That's super weird. I mean, I guess it... Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, because I, I guess 2010 was actually the artist. But anyway. Um, Does someone in this movie step on a landmine? Uh, yes. Yes. And then is it immediate or is it like a real sad moment? Uh, I think it's in the first like 15 minutes of the movie. So it doesn't, it's to a character that doesn't necessarily matter. Um, it's a good movie. (laughs) I think I've seen snippets of it. Yeah. And I, I need to watch it because every time I see snippets of it, I'm like, wow, that's a movie I want to watch. And then I never do. Hmm. Anyway, that got derailed. Continue. (laughs) That got derailed for sure. Um, but yeah, so this game is like making fun of like, of basically Metal Gear, but it it doesn't just stop there. It like makes fun of other stuff. Like it makes fun of Zelda and Fallout and like a ton of other games. And what's really funny is that like, so like the narrative that is portraying 
has some, it has some really, really fucking hysterical dialogue in it. Like the first probably 10 minutes of the game or so you hear the protagonist, Jesse Fox say something about how like he was framed for a uh, a crime he didn't commit. And he says it at least like 15 times. And you would think that it starts to get grating after a while, but every time he says it, he says it with like this, like gusto and further that just really makes it funnier each time he says it. And like, there are little bits in here all over the place that are just like, they're so just over the top that they don't even like really kind of make sense. Like there's, there was one part that <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really funny, but there's the part where he comes across these trucks and he could essentially escape like the situation that he's in, but he refuses to escape on these trucks because they use diesel for their fuel and diesel is bad for the environment. (laughs) (laughs) But like there are other times where like there's uh, a part like relatively early in the game. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's in the first level where there's a, um, a, a guard with an eye patch that you take out and you you take his eye patch and then <laughs> you take out his fake eye as well. <laughs> and, and the guy who's like, kind of like interrogating you or whatever, cause the whole game is like framed as like a flashback. The guy who's interrogating you is like, wait, you also took out his eye <laughs> and you have to give a reason for why you took out his eye. And the option that I chose was like, it relaxes me. So he was like, what do you, so it relaxes you to like remove people's like, you know, eyes or whatever. And he goes, listen, I'm not a sadist, uh, but like I took it out and I put it in my mouth and it rolled around in my mouth a little bit because <laughs> the situation was so intense and I needed something to calm down. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> and it's, it's just stupid, goofy stuff like that. Like it's making fun of like point and click click adventure games right because like they in old school like lucas arts kind of point click adventure games you would have these things where it's like screw this light bulb into a banana okay the door is open and it's like what what the, what the fuck so it i i don't know anyway the, the whole point of it is like the the stuff is legitimately funny but like it also is just a really solid like stealth game it's not exceptionally hard. I don't think like it, it has its moments, but like it's really forgiving for a stealth game because a lot of stealth games are like fucking people can see you out of the corner of their eye and you are fucked dude. Like straight up the whole mission is screwed, but like this one's really forgiving, but it also like is really good. Like it really just works. It's like, I didn't expect the game to be as solid as it is, but it, it is, it's really, really fun to play. The controls are tight. Like everything about it is good. The only thing, the only thing that I think I really have a problem with is the sort of shooting mechanics because they're, so it's, 
from what I can tell, it's based on like a grid. So like there is no kind of like diagonal shots that you can take. It's either sideways or like like it's either horizontal or vertically. And that can get really frustrating. Um, there isn't many times that you have to shoot, but like it does happen and it gets frustrating because of that. Um, but yeah, this game's just really solid and it's really funny and charming and it's, I don't know. It's, it's what I, in the same way that Sable was a game that really affected me on like an emotional core level and was something that I really needed to play at the time. This is a game that I really need to play to just kind of like wind down, if that makes sense. And it's perfect for that. And I, I think it's great. I think that this is a, is a really, really great, like four star game. I'm watching it being played. It looks really cool. I have a question and this really, I mean, it has to do with the game, but it's super off topic. Um, I'm watching him play and he's dead ass running through fire without taking damage. Why is that? Uh, there's, so there are parts in the game where you can like, uh, kind of, I I don't want to say decide your fate, but kind of like there are parts of the game where it's, it doesn't make sense. Like, because the whole thing is like a, like a flashback sort of while you're, being interrogated. So like you're telling the story of what happened to you, right? Well, like persona. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So there are times where you will get to decide like what happened. And so like an instance of this will be like how many guards were in the room and you can decide between like three and five or, you know, something like that. But there are also other times where, uh, like something extraordinary will happen. And then the guy who's interrogating you will be like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. Like what, what are you talking about? And he'll be like, uh, Oh yeah. I had like a fireproof vest on sort of thing. Uh, that's pretty sick. Yeah. It's, it's funny because like it makes like, it's again, it's poking fun at this, like, invincibility thing but like in in the context of like what's going on like it works yeah it's pretty cool because i'm i mean it looks fun man it looks like something i could spend time with yeah and it's only like i think i think i've probably put in about eight or nine hours so it's probably somewhere between like 11 and 12 hours to complete i would think yeah is it available on everything or no uh yeah it's on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. I don't know if it's on Switch. Hmm. This might be added to the list. It's good. It's worth your time. Or I, I think it's worth your time. I trust you. Well, thank you. Um, well, Dylan. Oh, why do you keep doing that? Because Austin... switching it up on me. Oh, Austin he didn't put shit to, down. Yeah. LOL. I did not. Uh... <laughs> Tell us about God of War. Um, so this is this will be my uh, first playthrough with it. Um, I, I haven't really spent a lot of time with the God of War franchise. 
I dabbled here and there. I think the one I played the most was actually Chains of Olympus on the PSP. Oh, that's um, a good game. I like it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. I say uh, said delve into it. Um, the franchise. I know what happens. I made sure I knew what the lore was leading up to this point. Um, but just to start, man, I'm so far having a good time. I don't really know much about the story. I have surprisingly never had this game spoiled for me. I don't know how. Um, That's crazy. But with, I know, with Ragnarok coming out, I would like to play this. This just something, I mean, it was there of, you know, a part of the PlayStation Plus games that you can download. So I was like, fuck it, let's try it, right? It was just sitting there. I wanted something new to try. So I love the, the upgrade for the PS5 because immediately I was captivated by how beautiful the game is and it runs well at 60, uh, 60 frames. But just starting, I really like where it's going in terms of the story. Um, I have a lot of questions already about who like the stranger is or why Kratos' wife um, specifically marked those trees and then had him cut them down and then the barrier broke and then here come the monsters. Like there's a lot of questions that are keeping me going. Um, but more so than anything, what I love is the relationship between Kratos and uh, Atreus. Like that there's little bits of humor there. I was laughing in the first 10 minutes of the game because I think the line, I think uh, Atreus was about to go hunting and, um, you know, what are we hunting? Deer. Okay, which way do I go? Where there's deer. <laughs> I fucking lost it. Like that was... I just love the humor, but I just like the father and son dynamic. It reminds me a lot of Joel and Ellie's uh, time together with the father and daughter uh, story that we were getting from them. But it's keeping me interested. I like the brutality of the combat. I find myself doing the same combo most of the time, but uh, I'm having a good time with it, man. I've only spent about three hours with it, but I'm looking forward to keeping, uh, keeping going. Yeah, yeah. I <clears throat> I think that the story is the best part of that game. Um, there are gameplay things that I don't necessarily like. Like, uh, I mean, you kind of pointed out one of them. You said you use the same combo kind of all the time. Yeah, I And I, I got through, like, I'd say probably like 60 or 70% of the game just doing the same shit over and over again. Right. Um, I'm trying to branch out with it because I do like some... Because especially upgrading what I have, like, I like introducing some more of the mechanics that I'm unlocking, but ultimately, yeah, I'm using the same, like, uh, you know, the heavy, the two heavy attacks to start that I'm following it up with the lighter attacks in the air and stuff like that. It was, it's pretty simple, but I mean, like I said, I like the brutality of it, but it's a little repetitive. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There, there are other little things that I didn't necessarily like about it, but, um, but yeah, the story is great in that game. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's a great game. So yeah, I'm, I'm ultimately that's what I'm playing for mm. is the story. I, I think you'll I think you'll really dig the story. And that's what I'm hoping for. I love it already, man. And I'm like as soon as I hop off the podcast, I'm gonna cook dinner and I'm gonna go play a little more before I go to bed just because I'm having a good time, dude. I like the diversity in the enemies and trying to overcome them and like figuring out when to use Atreus's bow to you know distract or stun or something like that it's pretty cool like that that stuff i'm really into but like you said the story is just keeping me going at this point yeah yeah i'm excited to see uh see what else you got to say about it um 
Yeah. Let's hope I can finish this one. Here's hoping. Um, <clears throat> all right. My last one is going to be relatively quick because uh, I have not spent a whole heck of a lot of time with this. Um, but I'm going to give my first impressions on Deathloop. So Deathloop is uh, Arcane Studios' new uh, game. This is the studio that did uh, Dishonored. Um, they have a couple other games, uh, Prey, uh, although I think this one is from the, the Beth- not Bethesda, the uh, Arcane that's in France. So this is the team that did um, uh, Dishonored. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the game starts out, uh, with a sort of almost like mini tutorial, uh, sort of chapter, very similar to Prey. Like I was really kind of blown away by, by how similar it was. Cause you know, in Prey, you get that first little like area where you're like checking your messages and you're kind of like figuring out like what it is you're supposed to do before you get on the helicopter and then um, go through the city and then like arrive at wherever it is that you're supposed to arrive. So this game starts out really similarly and like you wake up on the beach, you don't know what's going on with you. Like uh, your mind has been erased or or what have you. And you just don't know what's going on. And you start getting this stuff over the walkie from this, uh, from this girl. Uh, Her name is uh, Juliana. And you, you start hearing her talk and, uh, and you're trying to figure out what all is going on. And then finally you get to this, uh, this library, like, she's being super antagonistic towards you, like super, like I'm going to fuck you up type thing. Um, and then finally you get to this little area that's like the library or whatever. And, uh, she fucking just straight up murders you straight up. And then it sends you back in time to, uh, well not send you back in time, but like you wake up on the beach again and it's like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is how the game is going to play out or whatever. So it's very much like a sort of, um, uh, roguelike, I think, uh, I have not spent enough time with it to see how, uh, like hard it is in terms of like, you know how like in, um, Hades, right. Your, your boons or whatever, they would not carry over with you from run to run, but you had like little things that like you could, uh, buy upgrades for that would like, you could upgrade your health or you could upgrade. Like, I think you could upgrade like the amount of dashes that you had, like stuff like that would carry over from run to run, but like your boons would not. And I'm unsure of how that, works in this because I haven't spent enough time to kind of like mess around with that system. Uh, I've only died twice, I think. Uh, but the way that it has been explained through the kind of tutorial thing. And from what I've heard other people say is that like, you have this kind of like currency where you can put enough currency into a weapon to keep it, to come over from, from like run to run. And you can also use that same currency to upgrade the weapon. So if you find something that you like, you can upgrade it 
like a motherfucker and then be like, okay, well, I'm going to keep this like for the next run. So I'm going to dump all of my whatever it's called into it. Um, <clears throat> the gameplay itself feels so far very much inspired by Dishonored. Um, like I found myself just tr- kind of going about like the first little section. Cause the, the first time I died was, was planned or whatever. Like that's the, the tutorial. And then the second part or, or once, once that happens, uh, you get to go on your first quote unquote day. And I died right after. So whenever you complete a, a certain task, the, the day time will change. So like it starts in the morning, then it'll go to like, like noon, then it'll go to afternoon, then it'll go to evening. And then once, once you're like done with the day, it'll reset and you'll wake up on the beach. Or if you die, you'll reset and wake up on the beach. Um, and I like how freeform it is. Like you have missions that you can do and they are very clearly laid out for you, but like you can kind of go about them any way that you see fit. So like the very first mission is like, you have to find a way to get into your uh, apartment. So then you can find, uh, I forget what it is that you're looking for, but you're supposed to find something in your first apartment. And, there are like four or five different ways that you can actually get in there and like you can experiment experiment with like how exactly that you do it because there are like guards all around it. So like, how are you going to get past the guards? Do you just take them all out or like, do you use your ability? Like, wh- like how are you, how are you going to get through this situation? And I'm really glad that it's following that because I think dishonored the, the greatness that comes with dishonored is just in how you can like kind of string things together in any way you see fit to make sure that you get to your ultimate end goal. Um, I also, I, I, this game is really dripping with style. It's very much inspired. Like, I mean, you can see it all over the poster art, but like it's invite, uh, like very inspired by like the, the 1960s, like backdrop. And like, you can see it all over the place in this, like from like architecture to like posters that hang up on walls, like even down to like clothing choices for like the characters that you see. It's all very, very awesome, cool looking art style. Um, I also noticed immediately that the voice acting is very good. Like Juliana and Colt, both of their voice actors are just, they just kill it like from, from the word go. Um, I've only met like two other characters, I think. Um, I might've only been one. Um, but so far the, the voice acting has just been like really, really top tier. Um, really good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, really, really fucking liking this game. Um, I don't know, uh, 
where it's going to land in my overall game of the year yet because I haven't played enough of it to figure it out. Um, but like this is uh this is going to rank up there for sure. Um, I'm really digging it. I mean, it visually looks good. I don't, it just never crossed my radar. I, I think I had a lot of people that were excited, like you and Dion were both excited for it. Mm -hmm. But every time I saw gameplay, it's just, it never, it never captivated me. I don't know why. Um, Usually I'm down for, you know, some Bethesda shenanigans, but I, I can't get into it. I'm watching gameplay of it now and I just, I don't even understand what's going on half the time. Uh, yeah. Did, have you ever played Dishonored? Uh, briefly, like for a few hours, but then I lost interest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe that, that could be it. I really have really started to come around on the idea of like games, letting you kind of do what you want sort of thing. Um, right. Like I, for whatever reason, did not like the Hitman games when they, when they were out. Everyone else kind of loved them, but I I didn't get it until like this year, and then I was like, oh yeah, okay, this clicks for me now. Um, and now it's your number one. Yeah, and and right now it's tied for number one um, with it, Ratchet and Clank. Yes, with Resident Evil Village. You're correct. <laughs> Damn it, that's the weird typo. <laughs> um, but the the arcane games have had such a different like. They're just like the Hitman games in that it is like you have a situation, you have to figure out how you're going to do the situation. But like the arcane games, I feel like are very much a like set of dominoes where like Hitman, it's a you kill this target, you can decide if you want to like choke the target to death, shoot the target, or like have some sort of like environmental hazard happen right but with like this it's like okay i can probably chain like these three or four abilities together and then somehow like get this guy up in the air behind me and like he'll fall to his death and i'll never have to worry about him even seeing me sort of thing like it's just so like you can do so many different things to get to where you need to go. And it's just, I, I don't know. I've always enjoyed the way that I'm they seeing that Sandbox. aspect. Uh, Sandbox. Yeah. I'm seeing that now while watching him though. I don't know what the fuck's happening. These characters that he's killing first off, very colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, second, like he was standing, like, he had an adversary that was like standing side by side with the buddy and he, like, uh, I guess does a stealth takedown from the back, but the one that was standing two inches next to him did not budge at all. Like, so is there, like, super stealth mechanics? Like, you can, you can, I don't know, be that quiet when you're assassinating someone within close proximity? Like, can you level up abilities like that and stuff? Uh, I, maybe. I I don't know if I've played enough uh, to It's do still that. early, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I have noticed that like when I do take out people stealthily, um, like unless there are people like uh, that are like in eyesight, like it, unless they can see you doing it, they kind of don't hear you. So, oh, OK, I got you that. But again, that I mean, I'm I'm only like maybe 
three or four hours in. So I don't. Right. It's it's possible that it's like, a little more intriguing now that you describe it as kind of a like you can do whatever you want to get the end result type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That I like. It's fun stuff, man. I like it. Austin, you don't have a single game? Uh, <clears throat> no. Um, Damn. I've been playing a lot of stuff this week, but uh, it's all stuff I talked about before and just have not finished that I'm trying to finish. Um, and <clears throat> the game I've been playing the most isn't even like it's an online thing. It's not even like something I finish relatively. So I guess so. Yeah, nothing. Oh, speaking of God of War, by the way, do you guys see it's coming to PC now? Yep. I did. Uh, that's crazy how they announced that shit because everyone just opened it up and it's right there on the Steam page. Like, that was pretty sick. How do you guys feel about that $50 price tag? It's fine. Really? I mean, if it's a, if, I, mean I don't... 50 bucks, 50 bucks. I mean, as for the game that I'm playing right now, fine. Yes. Especially on mm. PC where it's going to mm. run like a fucking dream. Yeah. Well, I would hope. Let's let's gauge those expectations, Dylan. I I I can't really. I was about to say I just have a hard time paying fifty dollars for a game that came out three years ago. I mean, and I like, wait, I'm a Switch owner. I can't. Say I that. was literally just about to say you cannot <clears throat> say that with your fucking like Nintendo fanboy. Yeah. Would you feel better if it was like thirty nine ninety nine instead of forty nine ninety nine? Oddly enough, for some reason, yes. Okay, jo- Josh, do you hate the fifty dollar price tag? Uh. No, but yes. The reason I hate it is just because fifty is a weird number for games. Like, right. Uh, but but like I don't I don't have a problem with anybody pricing their game however they see fit. If they think that uh, that people will buy it at fifty, then fucking put it at fifty. If they think that right. people will buy it at you know fucking twenty, go ahead. I I don't care. It's your game. Mm-hmm. I love you. Also, with the with the Steam Deck launching in around January ish, that'll be. I mean, God of War would be a great fucking game to be able to play on the go. That'll be fucking rad. Yeah, be almost like a PSP. We'll we'll see about that. That battery life is super fucking oh, yeah. suspect. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I know they said with like light two D games and shit like that, it it should have an eight hour battery life. But with something like God of War, I imagine it'll be less than half that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's it for games. Let's go ahead and get our picks of the week and get out of here. Um, mine is a little video about Tenet from Loverboy Media called Why I Love Tenet, uh, colon, make it make sense. Um, so I wanted to throw this out there, uh, because I think that this is a really cool video that kind of, um, like, I don't, it, it doesn't break down like what Tenet is about or like why you should make it or like why you should like it or anything like that. But it, it does kind of go into a like really nice, like, uh, how do, how do I want to frame it? Like it goes into a really nice, like sort of like appreciation of what Nolan does do in the movie. And like, I feel like a lot of discourse about tenant has been like, Oh, the movie's bad or like, Oh, the movie doesn't make sense or like shit like that. And I remember coming out of the theaters thinking to myself, man, I kind of fucking loved it. And I, I, 
pretty sure I saw it in theaters three, t- three different times. Um, I really like this movie and this movie kind of like, I don't know if it sums up my feelings, uh, but it is a nice little like video of saying like, Hey, I love this movie. And this is kind of like what I like about it. And like, maybe you can get something out of it now too. And I really like that. So go check this video out and then go check out Tenet. Oh yeah. I still, I still want to watch that movie and I just haven't. I like it a lot. I think it's good. Oh yeah. Well, <clears throat> my pick of the week was a band or is a band called Hawk and their new EP called The Tolerances Paradox. Um, Hawk is a uh, <clears throat> metalcore band from uh, <laughs> Lancaster, and they're super fucking good. They're uh, they used to be a band called This or the Apocalypse. I've seen them a couple of times. They're really fucking good. Um, however, uh, I guess a little disclaimer, they are extremely political. Uh, like their music and lyric lyrical content is extremely uh, political and very, 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 very left-leaning. So if that's not your thing, then this won't be for you. But they're pretty fucking rad. Cool. Take us. Uh, mine was literally said at the uh, beginning of the podcast. I think uh, it is definitely worth. Uh, tr- I about I about said trialing. Uh, it's definitely worth your time to do the trial of Marvel Unlimited and at least read Craven's Last Hunt if you are the least bit interested in um, Marvel itself. It changed my perspective on comics, and I can't wait to just continue my. Um, delve into madness from here thanks to tawny so definitely worth checking out it was fantastic and it's only six issues long very very cool well all right then um as always you can find us on social media for all things culture pop hunting pixels and the culture pop family of content culture pop is available on twitter at culture underscore pop on instagram at culture underscore pop and on the youtubes by searching culture pop uh, I am available on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and on Twitch at the underscore Bebopman. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on YouTube at OMDizzy. Finally, we have Big Papa. He's on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore or Big Papa Plays, on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Oh, I don't know if we've ever said this or not, but Papa is with two P's here. Because yeah, Austin does. We like the PP. Yeah, Austin doesn't know how to spell Papa. So. No, no. Sometimes <laughs> I don't remember which social media it is, but I know the one that only has one P it was uh fucking taken. So mm, or okay. two P's was taken. So I had to do one. You mean one P was taken. So you had to do two. I don't know. Whichever. It doesn't matter. It you doesn't matter. I mean. <laughs> uh, finally, if you're looking to support this podcast or any of the other endeavors that we're undertaking as culture pop, then go to patreoncom slash culture pop and do, do, do the thing. Toss us, toss us some of your hard-earned cash. Um, we are offering some very cool perks over there. Uh, you know, once we start hitting our goals, even more content will be on its way. But if you go over there right now, we have posts that are available only for patrons with like the ability to get um, 
like questions and comments read on the air or early access to all of our podcasts or early access to videos, uh, all kinds of stuff going on over there. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So go check it out. Uh, in the meantime, stuff and uh, things. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see into the rest show. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>